Hope you're having a great lunch. This is Lunch in the Key of Life with Rivera on BFF.FM. Best frequencies forever. Today our host is Elaine Gavin from from Killing My Lobster. I love Killing My Lobster. We had a guest a couple weeks ago from Killing My Lobster. Uh, and so we're going to have another set of music. And then Elaine's going to choose a song. So she'll, she'll be the guest DJ. Uh, that set of songs was Arlo Parks, followed by Angela Angela Munoz and Wayne Snow. Up next, we have "You've Got a Woman" by Natalie Bergman with with Beck.
Hello, welcome to Lunch in the Key of Life. This is Rivera coming to you from the Ferry Building here in San Francisco, and we're streaming on BFF.FM, Best Frequencies Forever. Today we have Elaine Gavin from Killing My Lobster. Say hi, Elaine. Hi. So Elaine is a very funny comedic actress. Well, that's how I was introduced to her. I'm sure you've done a bunch of million other things. How would you describe yourself? I'm actually, I think I, I think of myself more as a writer than a oh, performer. Yeah. I love performing, but uh-huh. I think at least with Killing My Lobster, my wheelhouse is definitely more on the writing side. Um, okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, she made, uh, I was in a sketch writing class and in a read through, she like, I wrote something, I hoped it was funny and she made it extremely funny with her facial expressions and just being an, um, awesome comedy actress but apparently she's uh, more of a writer yeah i um i'm one of the co-directors of comedy writing education with killing my lobster so i help kind of do a lot of the curriculum work i wish you guys could see my face right now because it's very expressive it's very funny (laughs) yeah just pretend that you can see it um i mean i i I adore performing there's nothing like it and the adrenaline that goes with that but it's been really fun to see i don't know the writing side like did you have a fun time in class did yeah, like oh, it was super fun. And it was, um, we did it on Zoom um, because I signed up for the April class last year. And of course, everyone went into lockdown in March. And I thought, why not? Let's do this. I'm used to Zoom anyway. And it was actually a little bit more convenient because I had kids. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and so the teachers were great. We used Zoom rooms. Um, I wrote a sketch every week. And uh, the read-through was really fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's funny because at first everyone was like, well, the Zoom final reads are going to suck. But actually, because you kind of get a little bit more of an intimate side to the actors, it ends up working out really well. Just to see those little facial expressions really close mm-hmm. up. And now I'm kind of like getting, yeah, getting used to it. I miss live performances. Don't get me wrong. That's going to be joyous once it finally ends up happening. But yeah, um, I, I don't know, I really enjoy writing something and then kind of giving it up to the actors and sort of having to have faith that they're going to do what you want them to do or at least sort of, I don't know, make it better even. And I don't know, I really enjoy the writing process. So although now hearing my own voice, I'm like, oh, I want to perform more. Oh, <laughs> Me too. I don't think I'm a performer until I get in front of a mic and I'm like, hello. Hi, Mike. <laughs> and I'm like, my voice is so much lower than I think it. It's so sultry. I'm into this. Let's both put on our lowest, sultriest yeah. voices hey. <laughs> for the radio. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do have a recording of Join the Emotional Labor Union. <gasps> okay. This you- is a show I directed mm-hmm. um, earlier on this year with Miss Meg Hayes and Jan Gilbert and a bunch of other fantastic actors and um yeah i i'm excited to hear this yeah okay well we're gonna play it are you tired of being an emotional support blanket for your privileged and conventionally attractive friend are you sick of counseling your bestie through ups and downs of a new romance only to find yourself Are you ready to ride or die for yourself? 
then the Emotional Labor Union is for you. Every year, we help thousands of quirky plus-sized BFFs, token ethnic characters, and white girls with short hair negotiate the terms of their emotional support for their local romantic leads, so they have time, space, and boundaries necessary to form their own relationships. Before I found the Emotional Labor Union, I was planning six over-the-top marriage proposals a year, all of them for other people. I did an entire month-long makeover montage with my BFF to help her chase her now husband, and she stuck me with the bill. I felt lost after I flunked out of Rose University, so I yarn-bombed the community center where the girl my friend likes work, and now I'm serving a six-month suspended sentence for vandalism. Our 30-day negotiation course will help you to set boundaries and tell your pretty self-centered friend what's what. Have you considered just telling him that's how you feel, Karen? That's very nice, Tom, but I'm going to need you to pay me back for the last time before I book you another surprise honeymoon cruise. You know what, Jacinda? I can't help you arrange a 30-foot balloon display in Central Park with some guy you just met. I'm busy today. Learning to address your besties' inconsiderate behavior and over-the-top romantic demands will set you on your own path to your own self-actualization and love. After joining the Emotional Labor Union, I was finally able to receive compensation for all the candle burns I got from setting up my roommate's improvised romantic dinner. Thanks to the Emotional Labor Union, I am no longer here dying alone, suffocated by the 1,000 heart-shaped teddy bears I ordered on a whim to help a co-worker ask out a girl he liked in high school. Successfully completing their negotiation course took me from pining and whining to whining and dining. I finally got up the courage to ask out the pretty barista from the cafe across the street, and we've been happily married now for six years. Join the Emotional Labor Union today. And remember, you, you are romantic material. <laughs> that was so perfectly synced at the end, too. Yes, that, what fun. That was actually Rebecca Pierce who wrote that one, one of the writers. What a great group we had. JB and Mar Margot and the, oh God, the cast was so good. And I, it, for a long time, I didn't really have a lot of confidence in directing, but the beauty of, is, of it is you get to kind of work with all these amazing people and also take credit for everything they do. That's great. So. <laughs> But it really was an incredible cast. Um, Chelsea and Micah and Jen and yeah, Jan and Meg and the writing team was phenomenal. And I just want to give them the shout out too because I love taking credit for other people's stuff, but that was a labor of love and they did an incredible job. And oof, I'm so glad I got to work with them on it. So if anyone wants to see the visuals that match with that, that was a that was satire. If anyone is just like if anyone is just <coughs> tuning in right now, you're listening to BFF.fm, Best Frequencies Forever, and we have Elaine Gavin from Killing My Lobster. And um, so she's a, a head writer, and you said director. Yeah, I kind of, of I try to do everything with Killing My Lobster, dabble, yeah. dabble in everything. Yeah, and um, so she directed that uh, comedic commercial that um is you can find on youtube cool and so she's got some music so 
First of all, what are your days like? Like, how did you end up with Killing My Lobster? And you said you dabble in everything? With them now, yeah. I took a writing class with them just like you had probably eight years ago. No, even more than that, like 10 years ago. Um, And just kind of fell in love with that process and sharing those things. Sketch, if you don't know, it's not improv, people. It's sketch. It's written out. It's performed. It's practiced. A lot of people are like, so you're improv team? And I'm like, it's not improv. <laughs> um, but so I just, I don't know. I was a performer. I was in a, <clears throat> I was in a clown group at the time I started. So everyone who's afraid of clowns probably is turning away from this right now. But um, <laughs> so I had originally started writing to kind of help supplement our act. And I just kind of got bit by the writing bug and couldn't couldn't stop and then continued on with it and was eventually invited into the writing pool and just sort of weaseled my way into all the other aspects of it auditioned with them to be a performer as well so yeah it's been seven years kind of doing different things and with them and it's really kind of changed because I I definitely sketch comedy doesn't pay the bills that might shock people but um (laughs) so I'd studied theater yeah at SFSU and then kind of started doing the daytime job stuff that didn't really have a lot of passion. I did a lot of food industry stuff. Um, and currently I'm a preschool teacher and nanny kind of in transitioning from a closure of a preschool that I work with now. Um, I really love working with kids, but in terms of what gets my pulse going and kind of keeps me in San Francisco is definitely the performing arts here and mostly killing my lobster, but there's a lot of, it's a big community and the writing Mm -hmm. community is really great. And I've, trying to keep gaining confidence on longer form and maybe stuff that's a little more drama and writing some short plays and kind of, I don't know, Killing McLobster has really helped. <sighs> I didn't have a ton of confidence for a while with some of my abilities. And now at this point, I'm feeling really good about it. Find, find myself feeling like I actually have a home here. So, yeah. yeah. That was very, that was heavy. That's okay. It's okay. I'm at the beginning stages of where you were like eight years ago. And like, I'm discovering this community and kind of this radio show is just an excuse to meet more people Mm one-on-one and ask them how they got started and, you know, work on my communication skills. So it's great. And also I'm just overall nosy and want to know, what are you listening to? (laughs) I am so um, up and down with my music taste like this has been an interesting year for a while I couldn't listen to music very much because it makes you feel stuff and I wasn't (laughs) ready for that so it was a lot of podcasts instead just Mm -hmm. talking in your ear because then you feel like you have a friend but they're not asking you to um, feel things too much (laughs) but uh, yeah, where should we start? Do you want to start with the first few? Yeah, let's I mean, I'm ready to go down the list so it's Change by Montaigne, mm-hmm. Sweet Hibiscus Tea by Penelope Scott, and Blue World by Mac Miller. Yeah. Talk about feeling things. Yes. And a lot of this, I feel like, has been past, present, and future. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm definitely going through the ups and downs of feeling, yeah, like I was saying with confidence, like feeling really good about yourself and then having the complete pendulum swing and feeling really lost, especially these years in the pandemic, like where so many of the plans we make don't work out. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of what I've pick today has been like past and transition and future mm-hmm. um and kind of almost <laughs> some of it being kind of sad and a little bit more of that self-deprecating world that is truthful for a lot of people and some of it being more of almost faking it till you make it where trying to build yourself up like the mac miller 
um, song really gives me a lot of like uh, power feelings. Mm -hmm. Um, Sweet Hibiscus Tea is definitely a little bit more of the honest kind of painful side. Mm -hmm. And then change, of course, is change Mm and how it is you get from one to the other. So yeah, change. There was a lot of change in the past couple of years. We can all relate to that. Okay, then let's get started. Listening to you with my fingers in my ears I like crying quietly and then siphoning my tears Try as I absolutely don't 
look outside you'll see disintegrating trees the artificial way the sunlight bounces off the waxy leaves my heart catches on every thorn you're already halfway out the door and i've never looked so old and i have never been so cold and it is 85 degrees i don't know
think I lost my mind Reality so hard to find When the devil trying to call your line But shit I always shine Even when the light dim No I ain't God but I'm feeling just like him Hold on trip See I was in the whip riding me and my bitch We was listening to us No one else that's it That's the flesh just a bit Let me talk my shit Say my head got bit Yeah well it's a mad world that made me crazy Might just turn around to 180 I ain't politic and I ain't kissing no babies The devil on my doorstep being so shady mm, Don't trip, we don't gotta let him in Don't trip, hey, yeah. I let it go but I never go with it uh. Might just turn around to 180 I ain't politic and I ain't kissing no babies The devil on my doorstep being so shady mm, Don't trip, we don't gotta let him in Don't trip, hey, yeah. I let it go but I never go with it uh. So that right there was Mac Miller. And before that was Penelope Scott with Sweet, Sweet Hibiscus Tea. And starting off the set was Montaigne with Change from the album Complex. So we were talking about uh, how much we are became fans of Mac Miller over the pandemic. Yes. So how did you discover Mac Miller? So I kind of, I was introduced to um, former President Barack Obama's playlist and <laughs> kind of got obsessed with it and then found this song and then just fell in love with Mac Miller through that. Um, I don't know, because it's got a lot of heart. He's really good at what he does. He, and then kind of researching more about him, how much of a hub he is for a lot of other like collaborative artists. I, I don't know. I like that he's got a sweet and sourness to him, um, but also is generally pretty upbeat, even just the whole don't trip thing. It's just something that I kind of have to use as a mantra a yeah. little bit sometimes. I, and, mm-hmm. um, but it wasn't until, pretty, until that playlist and pretty recently that I fell down the Mac Miller rabbit hole, and I wish I had had more years of knowing yeah that he was out there yeah and i recently saw some tweets that's talked about how um encouraging his music is and even now that album i mean that song was called was it blue 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 world 
right? Yep. The title is Blue World, but most of the song is pretty positive. Mm-hmm. Don't trip, and it has a really happy beat, so it got yeah. me dancing. Yeah, I'm not God, but I'm feeling just like him. I don't know. It's a good one to pull me out of a bad place. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I did notice the the deep lyrics in all of the songs you chose, so obviously a writer, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I do feel very lyrically drawn to music. Mm-hmm. Not all the time. Sometimes you're just listen. I mean, it's just... It catches you for what it is, but mm-hmm. I do find myself kind of looking up the lyrics and the ones that are a little bit more poetry drawn um, definitely call to me. Okay. And these were some of your songs that got, th- got you through the pandemic? Yes. Once I got out of my, you can only listen to people talking, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's been a hard year. A lot of heartbreak, a lot of grief, mm-hmm. a lot of processing. But also on the other side of that is like also, f- I don't know, re- getting re-in-touched with hope. Too. Yeah. So I feel like this was kind of both sides of it was getting me through the sad stuff, but also kind of opening me up to the possibility of, of hope. And yeah. did you work on any comedy during the pandemic? Yeah. Luckily, we we kept so the sh- that monologue that you had heard earlier, um, or that piece that you heard earlier, was through um, a virtual show. Killing My Lobster did. Um, so we have done about three virtual shows. It's different. They're great, but it's a completely different experience doing um virtual shows when you are in love with live theater and have that as your i don't know home base and it's been an adventure like when covid first happened when the shutdown first happened i tried to write a piece a day for about a month and published it on medium and it was really cathartic and really good because right after that month it became really difficult to be productive in terms of writing and stuff Mm -hmm. and even reading back through some of it, it was definitely like when we had no idea what was going to happen. So some of it's almost a little painful to reread through because I'm still naively like, oh, and next month everything will be back to normal, quote unquote. And but it was good. I, I guess I'm definitely one of those people who would beat myself up a lot if I wasn't creating. And in a way, it's it's the double-edged sword it did get me out of bed and making things and laughing and sending things to people and collaborating but the other side i, I really got critical of my inability to make these amazing things like oh, you see the potential yeah. yeah yeah if it was like fully fleshed out the way that you yeah imagine it in your head well we'll get there someday yeah and mm-hmm. i'm trying to learn to just be a little kinder to you know, mm-hmm. myself through those processes and yeah, so many ideas floating in that brain. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes I wake up and I'm like, wait, that I ha- I'll have all these dreams that I'll go viral on Twitter and I'll wake up and I'm like, what? what? That was a terrible tweet, dream tweet. <laughs> a dream tweet yeah. went viral? In my dream? Yeah. No, no, no. In my dream it went viral and then I woke up and I was like, cows can't jump over <laughs> moons. And I'm like, that's not that funny. And in my dream... Social media is sneaking into your dreams. Yeah, I had a whole dream that my friend and I got Conan O'Brien is going to produce a show about mermaids, and we were asked to head write it. And I, and it was a great writers room. And I woke up and I was like, Oh, Conan O'Brien, you're you're listening, mermaids. Like, it's a great idea. (laughs) You're pitching ideas in your dream. (laughs) He's a writer's life. (laughs) Yeah, and I woke up and it was like, No, but is it a good idea? It's not. It's not. 
your dream, but then a dream, but then a pitch, yeah. but then a dream it made me laugh. Oh, there we go. That's and that's really what it's about. Okay, well, we're gonna play your next set of songs. Cool. Um, we've got Marja Hansen, Glass Animals, okay, yeah. and Little Olive. Maria Hansen, and she's Maria, and sorry. she's she's the friend of mine, and the oh. song is so beautiful. And I just wanted to shout that out, Maria Hansen. Thank you for everything yeah so she's from socal we've got a uh musician from california starting off the set i used to be a screaming baby i used to be a screaming baby i used to be a screaming baby
You're listening to BFF.FM, Best Frequencies Forever, and this is Lunch in the Key of Life. Today we have Elaine Gavin from Killing My Lobster. Hi. Oh, so those songs were, we had, uh, I Used to Be a Screaming Baby by Maria. Maria. Ha- Maria. Yeah. Maria Hansen. Um, Life Itself by Glass Animals. And the winner is by Little Olive. Whom I don't know, but you know. Yeah, that was that was that felt like a movie. It was Little Miss Sunshine. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, uh, and um, definitely with Glass Animals, I was dancing. Mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. grooving. Um, I I often think of how I often think about how fun it would be to have a dance party here at the Ferry Building at lunchtime. One day we'll make it happen. Mm-hmm. And um, with Maria. She has such a beautiful voice, and yeah. she's a friend of yours? Yeah, she is. Cool. I'm totally grabbing on those coattails now. She's fantastic. She has a few LPs on Spotify and stuff, and people check her out. She has a cover album that just came out, and she's incredible. And I, I love to, like, harmonize with, you know, at home when I'm listening to them, like, with her, and then I can pitch when I see her next. I'm like, oh, I know the harmonies. We should do this together. <laughs> she, but she's a pianist, and a, well, she plays, like, tons of instruments she's one of those like musicians that just kind of has it all but and also like you know a nice warm person oh um, we love that yeah uh and we were talking about how um i mean we try to stay positive and we try to you know be hopeful and lunch in the key of life but it's been an it's been an interesting week with the delta variant and feel uh. and for like a month or so uh definitely here in san francisco we felt like you know we're coming out of everything, and I'm super hopeful. And then this week, it's like, hmm, are we coming out of it? What's going on? Yeah. Yeah. So how, how has that affected you? I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, I feel like there is a lot of forced positivity from me right now, especially since, I don't know. You know how you have those friends that are always positive, and then when they start feeling negative, you kind of panic. <laughs> <laughs> Because um, I think I'm I'm the one who's more like everything sucks and I'm feeling sad and like mm-hmm. what's happening and having a lot of anxiety and if I feel like things are almost reversed right now where I have a lot of friends who are like yeah no you're right it really does suck right now I'm like no you can't say that you're the one who is positive and now I'm gonna try to be the one to have hope because it is it's not going back to the beginning um, but it is just the roller coaster and I think people are learning how to adjust with it and take care of each other at least maybe in the bay area a little bit more and i still i don't feel as hopeless as i did in the beginning i do Mm -hmm. still feel a positivity um more so i just it is a little bit of a setback um but Mm -hmm. you know things are like there's a lot of change going on right now and it's good i'm i think a lot of it's good change Mm -hmm. so were there kml events that were planned yes there was a a show in September that's going to be not canceled, but postponed. Mm-hmm. Um, that was my parents moved to America and all I got was a kid who does comedy, which is a second generation immigration show. So the whole writing crew and performing crew are all second generation immigrants. And it it's going to be, it's hard for me not to say it was going to be, it <laughs> is going to be really phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And, Things happen. Change happens. I guess they had their final read last night, which means they're they're kind of filtering through all the amazing sketches to just get through to like about twenty of the best of the best. Mm-hmm. 
and I know they had an amazing time. And it, it is hard because that, that was set, dates were set, and it's been postponed because of safety. And it's a good thing, but it's hard to say goodbye to that. And I think a lot of people are, especially at KML, feeling a lot of, <gasps> but, you know, I've talked to the head writer, and she's got an amazing attitude about it. Again, mm-hmm. like, it's not, it won't be the end of it. It's not goodbye. It's just, hold, hold on. <laughs> yeah. I saw an all-woman um, KML uh, performance in Oakland. Really? Yeah, I was. Um, <gasps> oh, don't you die on me? Yes, yeah, don't you die on <laughs> yeah, me? I wrote, I wrote for that one. Oh, yeah, you yeah, did? Yeah. Oh, cool, yeah. cool. I I really enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah, and it was interesting. I I didn't know about that venue. I think the promotional photos, just seeing um, so many women of color, yeah. was like this looks interesting. Yeah. And it's in the East Bay, so I was living in the East Bay at the time, and uh, I just I just went by myself, yeah. and it was fun. It's a great venue, and you know what? That mm-hmm. one flight deck is now being taken over by Piano Fight, so oh. it's going to be Piano Fight. Yeah, East Bay. It's awesome. So oh they've expanded. Oh my god, I was downtown the other day, mm-hmm. and I was like, Piano Fight yeah. in the East Bay? Yeah. It's going to uh, be, I mean, it's going to be different. Obviously, they don't have like a restaurant attached to that yeah, theater. Yeah. It's a really uh-huh. interesting theater space, but it's really cool. They're they're going back there. That's awesome. Yeah. And the director of that was also a clown. <laughs> Clowns are not all evil. She's a beautiful, lovely person, and she's not l- sitting in the a... The clown <laughs> connections run deep. Are you yeah. guys like she's the Illuminati? She's not in a drain or anything. Yeah. We're like, she's wonderful. Clowns are cool. Clowns are okay. <laughs> are you guys like the Illuminati? <laughs> yeah. Like you have a secret have a little clown pin. organization? Yeah. <laughs> I, you hear a little squeaky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's us. Definitely. <laughs> um, okay, let's move on to your last set that you brought right. on. Um, so we've got... Lucy Dacus. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, we've got Lucy Dacus, Solomon Burke, and the last one is The National. Yeah. Okay, so let's get started.
and nobody calls you on the phone. Or don't you feel like a cry? Don't you feel like a cry? For here I am, a honey. I come on, you cry to me. Everything 
gonna stay Don't think anybody knows the way Calm down, it's alright Keep my arms the rest of the night When they ask, what do I see? I say bright, white, beautiful, heaven hanging over me
You're listening to BFF.FM. Best frequencies forever. This is Lunch in the Key of Life with Rivera, and we have Elaine Gavin. Hi. So that was a four-song set, and we ended it off. That song you just heard was Brazil by Ray Conniff. Before that was Don't Don't Swallow the Cat by The National, Cry to Me by Solomon Burke, and I Don't Want to Be Funny Anymore by Lucy Dacus. Dacus? Dacus. I think it's Dacus. Dacus, yeah. Okay, well, it's funny because the the names of the songs are a little sad, but, like, half of them were really happy and uh, fun to just dance around to. Yeah. I don't want to be, I do want to be funny still. Um, That wasn't like a, that's not like a symbolic song. (laughs) But I do, I do kind of like, I don't know, the idea of everyone playing their different part, especially in a band, I can imagine like the funny one, the the lead, the smart one. Mm -hmm. Um, And Cry to Me is just such a sexy song. It just really is. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about karaoke go-tos. It's just got a nice beat. And I love the national, and I do think that one. Like we're talking about hope, it has a lot of. I don't know. I felt like I ended it. Those two. Those two are kind of my like romantic songs. A little bit. Not Brazil. Brazil's just. That's like a clown song. I mean, that's <laughs> that's definitely a song that I feel like you could do a really good clown routine to. Oh you know, yeah. Just uh-huh. some sort of hijinks. Oh yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm imagining in my head. Yeah. What does a routine entail? It depends if you're doing it solo or with a... Generally, it's better with a partner, too, to do a clown routine, because then you have, like, the high-status clown, uh-huh. and then the kind of buffoon oh. that's, like, having a little more fun with life, and the uh-huh. high-status clown has to kind of reel in the buffoon. So, uh-huh. you know, I don't know if you're sitting on a bench, and somebody's got it all... One clown's got it all together, and uh-huh. the other clown is, like, messing with their perfect little world, and how, when- how they... yeah bounce off each other when i was in mexico city and i would just like walk around the parks there were a lot of clowns yeah yeah were there ever duos or were they mostly solo it was mostly solo Mm -hmm. yeah but um it was really common it seemed like a lot of families went to church and then just kind of walked around the park and like ate snacks and like hung out and so the clowns knew like this is like a family outing and so people would just like chill and watch the clowns for a while yeah yeah, oh. and they had big crowds. Yeah. Yeah. K- kids definitely get clowning more than, I mean, like, not the big, you know, creepy stereotype of clowns, but when I've done clowning with kids, like, trying to blow up an animal, like a balloon animal, when mm-hmm. I don't know how to do that, mm-hmm. but them watching me struggle <laughs> doing it and making it, like, that's delightful. That's enough. That's the yeah. Act. Where they're like, yeah, and I'm like, look, it's a dog. And they're like, no, it's not. It's a balloon. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, my my older son is five years old, and that is exactly his sense of humor. He loves slapstick. Yeah. Yep. Like, he's like, I get it. We all get it. Yep. You know, there's no overthinking this. That's mm-hmm. funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're a lot more, you know, if you do a double or a triple take in front of a kid, they're like, they're mm-hmm. following every emotion. They're like, yeah, you thought it was there, and it wasn't. <laughs> um, cool. Yeah. And um, so... It's been an interesting week with the Delta variant. <laughs> yeah. I wish that some of these events were were going, but, you know, it's good to keep everyone safe. So everyone be safe out there. Yeah. And, um, yeah, good luck to you. And uh, I'll be watching for um, 
Any oh, yeah. other anything you might write, anything you might use your very expressive face in, in read throughs. Yeah. So um trying to so work on stand up right now and it's going it's going. It's but going. Yeah. yeah. My plants love it. They think I'm funny. Um we we talked about like expecting something to go well and then having it not go well. Yeah. Yeah, or like not as you how you expected. Like I always thought I'd be great at improv, but it turns out I tend to overthink things and mm-hmm. kind of like freeze my body like stiffens up instead of like <laughs> instead of me being able to like freely express myself so how how has a uh, comedy jumping into comedy been for you good i good i think you're right i think that's why writing is nice because mm-hmm. you can set up the expectations more clearly like it's like with improv i always had a problem being like oh, oh no you go oh no you go and it's like mm-hmm. no somebody has to go <laughs> jump in somebody has got to take the scene and uh-huh. be leadership and i'm like well we didn't feel like we had evenly distributed parts and it's like that's not again that's not the way it really works and with sketch at least you can kind of map it out and because it's funny that you'd said that because breaking expectations or the failure of expectations is kind of like the seed of comedy in general. Mm-hmm. So, but if you can plan it out where you map out what the, ex- like the audience thinks the expectation is and then break it, that is, I mean, that's sketch comedy. So mm-hmm. it's nice. Cause I think you can mess with failure <laughs> in a way that's really funny and that you can kind of take ownership of, which I hmm. like, I don't know. Yeah, me too. I like that. Yeah. I mean, I'm on online radio and I mean, I'm obviously perfect at this, obviously. so I never fail. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but if you were to, it would be okay because everybody understands that. Yeah. You know, like that's one of those human connections we have, which is that mm-hmm. we all have effed something up bad or had expectations broken, and I hope we can laugh at them sometimes. Mm-hmm, at least, yeah. Definitely, I uh, I'm winging my winging it through life, and so I definitely understand failure and just rolling with the punches. Yeah, and I'm lear- I'm learning. I mean, I'm 30 <coughs> years old, and uh, I'm still learning how to mm-hmm. handle that. I'm getting better at it. It's nice. It's nice, nice getting older and and being a little bit kinder to myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I mean, personally. My 20s were kind of rough. I was very insecure, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pretty happy being past that, past that decade. Um, so, yeah, so thank you for coming oh, on. Thank you so much for having me. This has been lovely. Great. Great. I was uh, running around like a chicken with my head cut off back he- here in the studio, but yet I have not scared her away. Oh, I was just so, scared of juggling and <laughs> being a clown. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, we're going to move on to some local music. And so thanks for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks. L'homme de crème glacée N'est pas pas s'il vous plaît L'homme de crème glacée Tu es mon mec préféré L'homme de crème glacée Ne dit jamais au revoir Aucun mi 
glacé, il nous regarde Nous dansons et nous mangeons ouais. Je veux te ressembler L'homme de crème glacée Je veux te ressembler L'homme de crème glacée Je veux te ressembler L'homme de crème glacée
Listening to BFF on FM, best frequencies forever. This is Rivera with 
lunch in the key of life we had our guest elaine gavin i learned a lot about how to be a clown and how to be a writer from talking with her just now we had a set of local music and i am really loving it i am just it these three songs together felt like a warm hug um there was i i know nothing about french i know a little bit of spanish but uh, l'homme de creme glacé um is the name of the song by the happy toads utah by french cassettes and love me baby by talkie and uh, I sat here and I listened to those songs and I just felt really warm and happy and it made me fall in love with local music all over again. Um, up next we have The Piecers, Sugar Candy Mountain, and Shannon and the Clams. The ghost of a motherfucker Give him time, he could sleep all day Getting on in the easy way New leather jacket, hey that's his way
this is BFF.FM, Best Frequencies Forever. You're listening to Lunch in the Key of Life with Rivera. That last set made me want to ride a horse. Maybe it was because, um, because Shannon and the Clams had that kind of, purposely had that kind of beat where you just, that rhythm just made me think of, you know, riding a horse out in the country. That song was Midnight Wine by Shannon and the Clams. Before that was Gussie by Sugar Candy Mountain and Ghost of a Mother Effer. I mean, we can we can curse here on online radio, but uh, I just don't feel like it right now. And uh, the artist was the Piecers. Um, yeah, that felt to have a little bit of a country twinge with attitude kind of set. Um, and so I was into it. I'm feeling good on this sunny Tuesday here in the Ferry Building. And, uh, you know, we're back to the stage, it, perhaps coming out of the pandemic, where we don't know what's going to happen next. And um, it's okay. Uh, I'm going to play a jazz song, and then I'm going to play... Um, Village Ghetto, was it Village Ghetto Life? Village Ghetto Land. I should know about songs in the Key of Life because this show is called Lunch in the Key of Life. Um, so we're going to play Straight No Chaser by Yusef Kiari. So he recorded most of this jazz album in the Bay Area with Bay Area musicians and then moved to New York. And we're going to play Village Ghetto Land by, song, by Stevie Wonder off of Songs in the Key of Life. And that's going to be it for today. So, you know, give me some feedback. Let me know how you like the show. Um, let me know if you want to hear any guests who are performers or writers or creative people in some way. And if you're just interested in what they're listening to, um, let us know. Uh, on Instagram, we're Lunch in the Key of Life. On Twitter, it's Lunch in the Key. Um, and via email, it's Lunch in the Key, lunch in the key at gmail.com. Um, after Stevie Wonder, we're going to hand it off to um, Espresso Sesh with uh, Nino. Yes. Um, and have a good afternoon, y'all.
like to go with me down my dead end street. Would you like to come with me to village ghetto land? See the people lock their doors while robbers laugh and steal. Beggars watch and eat their meals from garbage Glass is everywhere. It's a bloody scene. Killing plagues the citizens. As they own police. Children play with rusted cars. Swords cover their Politicians laugh and drink, drunk to all Salvation roams the street. Babies die before they're born, infected by the greed. Now some folks say that we should be glad for what we have. Tell me, would you be happy? Get told.